coming up in this episode of Can You Believe It? <laughs> I mean, but it's 1910. Like, it is 1910. They weren't invented. They hadn't invented the internet. They didn't know anything about elephants. One of them, Mr. Bazinga, and no shit, that's his fucking name. <laughs> that is what it said. Oh, oh hello, neighbour! How's it? leadership working out for you. <laughs> UFOs in the skies, Illuminati's controlling your life. Can you believe it? Rob circles and Jesus toast. The time that Kesha fucked a ghost. Hello and welcome to Can You Believe It, a semi-regular podcast on the paranormal that asks the all-important question, can you believe it? My name is Matt Neal and I'm joined by Sasquatch porn aficionado and builder of dog houses, the Colonel. Thanks for joining us, Colonel. Uh, th- uh, th- thanks for having me again, Doc. It's, uh, it's great to be back for another episode of the old CYBI. CYBI, that's good. Uh, I'm also joined by smoker, toker, and midnight toker who gets his loving on the run, Brady Jones. Welcome, Brady. Yeah, double toker. <laughs> now, before we dive into today's tale of miraculous marvelry, let's hear a message from our sponsor. Colonel? Um, uh, today's podcast was made possible by the good peeps at Normcorp. They have a fantastic new product out this month. It's called My First Treadmill, and it's this new fitness product that uh, for babies. So we all know that uh, babies could stand to lose a, a few pounds, and, and this little sucker will get them shedding the pounds quicker than a human-reptilian hybrid shed skin. Simply strap the juvenile into the apparatus and watch them go. You can, uh, you can even charge your phone uh, on the handy USB port, so my first treadmill, uh, get your babies, uh, sorry, sorry, get your baby on their first steps to being less useless. Thank you for that, Colonel. Let's uh, dive straight into this week's episode. <clears throat> Are you ready, gentlemen? Yep. I'm ready. I'm going to take you into the deepest, darkest depths of Africa. Eugene P. Thomas was born in 1927 in the United States of America. In the late 1940s, he met Madeline Sandy Wacker, and the pair were married in Beloit, Wisconsin on October 7th, 1950. Eugene, or Jean as he came to be known, and Sandy were deeply religious. Jean trained to be a reverend, and Sandy attended Columbia Bible College. In 1955, they were commissioned by Faith Community Church of Canton, Ohio, to be missionaries in the Congo in Africa. There, in the small town of Impfondo, a 10-day boat ride upriver from the capital, Brazzaville, they raised three children while Reverend Jean preached the Bible to the local tribes and, served, and Sandy served as a nurse. Together, they built the first non-Catholic church in Impfondo, as well as a school and a medical clinic. Just, just another, you know, white family building churches, yeah. you know, in yeah. Africa. What's up? I'm, hey, w- I'm wondering if got that, some God for you. I'm wondering if that was a thing. They got, they got selected to go and be uh, missionaries in the Congo, and I'm wondering if there was maybe if that, how far down the scale of of jobs in the church there are that you know. Well, you know, we could get you to teach Sunday school, or we'll send you to the Congo. Like that's yeah. I, 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 well, I, I, 
in most uh, Christian religions like like that, where they send out missionaries, I, I feel like it's it's given out as like a uh, an honorary gift. You know, like oh, you you've now reached that level of of understanding that you can now go out and preach it. You you've achieved Congo level. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> It's the jungle for you. That's where you'll find Jesus. <laughs> Missionary hard level. What if it was on a wheel that you got to spin? It's like, where are you going to go to? Mm. You've won the Congo. Sierra Leone. Very quickly, Jean and Sandy got to know the locals in and around Impfondo, as well as some of the tribes in the Congan jungles around there. Within a few years of arriving in the Congo, Jean met some of the Baka or Bayaka people, then referred to as Afri- say, African pygmies. Did you just say Baraka, like Mortal Kombat? <laughs> because they're pretty dangerous, I'm fairly certain. So he met the, what, what was then known as, we don't call it anymore, African pygmies of, oh, the Bang- right, yes. of the Bangombi tribe living deep in the rainforest around Lake Tally. Now, Lake Tally is a murky, almost perfectly ra- perfectly round freshwater lake located in the midst of swampy jungle, largely say, unexplored by white people. You say Lake Tungi? Lake Tally. Lake Tally. Yeah. It looks oh. like like something has come fallen out of the sky and just landed and that's... that's the, and created like a, like a natural... Yeah, like a, just a circle, basically. That's a lake, yeah. Um, <clears throat> it's largely unexplored explored by white people. More than one hundred thousand gorillas have been recorded living in the area. So it's just like a like a gorilla population living there at, at, at all times. <laughs> a home for gorillas. There's just yes, it's gorilla central. It's like a gorilla a gorilla city. Yeah, gorilla city. Yeah, basically, this is in gorilla city. There's it also sounds like a Disney movie. Yeah, I, I think I've seen that one. Uh, as well as chimpanzees, African grey parrots, African fish eagles, forest elephants. Long-necked turtles, a type of forest antelope called a bongo, and forest butterfly, forest buffalo, crocodiles, and hippos. So it's the Lion King. It's basically it, it, is, yeah. it is a film. I knew I'd seen yeah. that. <laughs> That's pretty much what it is. In 1959, two members of the Bangombi tribe, who had been, become parishioners in Reverend Thomas's church, told the Reverend about how they would fish every day in the channels flowing out of the northern end of Lake Tally. But these tributaries were also used by large creatures called Macaulay and Bembes to get in and out of the lake, with Macaulay and Bembe translating in Lingala, one of the major Congo languages, as one who stops the flow of rivers. So with me so far? Yeah. So yeah, okay. Yep. So cool. there's there's some kind of weird creature, possibly a hippo, uh, that is doing I'm already doubling down on beaver. Beaver. <laughs> Giant beaver. <laughs> Yeah, it could be. Yeah, it could be. Reverend Jean had never heard of or seen such a creature. The two tribesmen described Macaulay and Bembe, Macaulay and Bembe, as bigger than a forest elephant with a long neck and a small snake-like or lizard-like head, which was which was decorated with a comb-like frill. Beaver, I told you. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> and that's com- the end of this com- week's Can You Believe It? Com- the answer like- was a beaver. <laughs> A comb-like frill, like yes. A, so, like a like a like, like a iguana kind of thing, like a um, bearded dragon. Yeah, totally um, wild, totally yeah. wild. Yep. Yeah. What's the other name for those things? Stacey. What are they called? Frill neck. Frill neck lizard. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> the frill is right there in front of me. I'm look. I'm literally looking hey, at the word frill. You know, like that TV show, 
The animal, the lizard thing. <laughs> a dinosaurus. Uh, they said it also featured a long, flexible tail, smooth, reddish-brown skin, and four stubby but powerful legs with clawed toes. Many cryptozoologists have taken this description to be similar to a sauropod dinosaur, such as a Diplodocus or a Patasaurus. We we across we know our Diplodocus from our Patasaurus. Uh, um, no, you, you, give me another rundown on the uh, on on those two. Uh, so like a brontosaurus I don't think there is such a thing as a brontosaurus yeah that doesn't anymore. exist no so but that that typical long brachiosaurus like a sauropod yeah yeah, yeah. I said yeah I said sauropod yeah, Sim- yeah. oh yeah no I'm yeah. picking up the sauropod okay thing. Good, yeah. good, good do you have that in a TV show logo uh yeah um, uh, <laughs> is, is there an 80s sitcom that you can equate it to maybe that dinosaurs with <laughs> <laughs> the little baby uh, yeah yeah there were no sauropods there though. great show what kind of dinosaurs were they uh i believe they were reptilian dinosaurs yeah mostly a- although the baby was pink the baby was a pink dinosaur. Are they like a t-rex or like are they supposed to be t-rexes or uh yeah there was a whole mix going on it was like yeah like the you had a bit like- of your flannel yeah was the daughter a pterodactyl uh, yeah. Yeah. Really? I don't remember that. Let's continue with Let's this continue. story. Let's anyway. <laughs> continue. It, it, it doesn't, it doesn't <laughs> really matter way either off. way whether the daughter was a pterodactyl no, or not. No, no. We've gone let's be way off the rails there. Okay. That's, that's fine. But, yeah. The presence of the Macaulay and Bembe was apparently interfering with the Bogombe tribe's efforts to catch fish every day. So they decided to build a wall to keep the animals from entering the lake. That's just everyone's answer to everything, isn't it? What? Build a wall. Build a wall around a lake, a massive lake. Yeah, around the trip. No, just around that area in the north where the, where the tributaries, tributaries were coming in. Because they're worried that the, the dinosaur was going to stop okay, They're the just water coming in. They stopped there. They're yeah, just, okay. They're messing up their shit. Yeah. One day, some tribesmen spotted two Macaulay and Bembe's trying to get through the barrier. So they attacked the animals. What do you call a plural uh, in, in that instance of Macaulay and Bembe's? You just, that's it. You just put an S at the end. Macaulay and Bembai. <laughs> Macaulay and Membasus? I don't know. I'm just, I'm just riffing here. We're, we're mid-dinosaur attack here. You're, we're just... Sorry, bro. Sorry, bro. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. yeah. Cool. I guess, yeah, that's impressive. Yeah. <laughs> I'm telling a story about di- tri- <laughs> African tribesmen attacking a dinosaur, and you're going, what's the plural of that? <laughs> Sorry, my bad. Okay. <laughs> One day, some tribesmen spotted two Macaulay and Bembe's trying to get through the barrier, so they attacked the animals. They managed to spear one of the creatures to death. Then they cut the animal into pieces, cooked it, and ate it as part of a victory feast. Well, I can't argue with that. I'd, I'd probably eat it too. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, you kill a, a massive Oh, yeah, you, you know, totally try reptile. it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, like, you, if, I, if I, like, killed a whale, I'd probably t- want to eat it. Yeah, it's just let it to go to waste. Well, otherwise, exactly, exactly. You're, You're a, a horrible person. <laughs> no, no, it, no it, it's 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 what like is a, that? It's <laughs> like a like a hunter gatherer yeah, mentality, yeah. Brady. It's letting it go to waste. Yeah, otherwise, I, I, I get the hunter gatherer thing, but f- to go from like a zero to whale, <laughs> yeah. Hey, I have no middle ground when it comes to meat. It's, just, it's either on or it's not on, Brady. They're they're all part of of this massive cycle of life that all funnels directly into my mouth <laughs> uh, i'm like a like a whale shark yeah you know? okay all right we're going to think a little twice about about eating this stuff now after this next bit so when reverend gene related this story to the excited cryptozoologists who would visit the region with increasing frequency over the years that followed 
He said that those who participated in the feast died soon after, except apparently for the two tribesmen who had told him the story. So, so they, they ate the dinosaur and then they died. Except uh, for those two guys. Except for those two guys. Except the, because who were conveniently still alive. Yeah. So <laughs> a vegetarian uh, or... Mm. They just gone vegan for that particular. Just a time. mad purge, you know. Yeah. Sometimes you feel a bit gross. Just get it out. <laughs> you just have. I I am a big advocate of just the one and done. Just get out, get it out. Great night. <laughs> Wash your hands. Yeah. So why you always and, carry and, hand and, wash and around with you? Live to eat one of the reasons. Yes. <laughs> so the first reports of Macaulay and Bembe, or similar so-called living dinosaurs in Africa dates back to around 1910 when German adventurer Paul Gratz was told by natives of something called a Nsanga. He said natives natives described as being crocodile-like but with smooth skin and large claws. They also said it hunted hippos. Gratz was told this while hunting in what is now Zaire near Lake Bangualu, some 2,000 kilometers from Lake Tally. So this is we're talking about big, some, big some, some pretty of, remote areas, yes, right? Yes, like we we're, we're talking about places that humans don't go to very often. You know, it's not like there's massive roads going through there and stuff. And th- those tribes, you know, they, they they may have seen or experienced or heard stories throughout their histories, and they're not necessarily they're not necess- uh, they don't have the ability to communicate that. You know, back to everybody else. So maybe they are yeah. seeing stuff. You're, you're, digging, knows? you're digging deep into the "can you believe it?" bit of this podcast already. Aren't you? Well, <laughs> hey, that's what that's, that's what I'm yeah. not paid to do. No, that's what none of us are paid to do. <laughs> so around this time, around about 1910, big game hunter Carl Hagenbeck. Ooh, now there's okay. there's a name for a big Karl game hunter. Carl Hagenbeck yeah. is he like South African? Uh, I'm going to say German. I'm, okay. I'm going with and naturalist Joseph Menges. Uh, also reported stories of creatures in deepest, darkest Africa. There were half elephant, half dragon, or some kind of dinosaur, not unlike an Apatosaurus. Is that a quote? Like he, that, that's yeah, what sorry. he said? <laughs> yes, sorry. The quote, half elephant, half dragon, or, or quote, some kind of dinosaur. Right. It's an elephant, it could be a dragon, no, or a dinosaur. Yeah, it's, yeah, it sounds like they're playing Scattergrease. And he's just like, eh, uh, oh no, what is it? Pictionary. So, <laughs> Although, to be fair, those are three things he's probably never seen, given it's 1910. He probably hasn't seen a lot of any of those, like elephants. I mean, he might not have seen a lot of those, let alone dragons and dinosaurs. So, you know. Well, I, I, look, I don't know, maybe much, just about, I don't know much about elephants, but I'm pretty sure they're in Africa, right? <laughs> That's, yeah, parts of. Fair enough. Fair call. Uh, <laughs> there you go. Oh, yeah. They're in Africa. Where the elephants are. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but it's 1910. Like, it is 1910. They weren't invented. They hadn't invented the internet. They didn't know anything about elephants. <laughs> they, 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 they were still like... A, 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 how did they get anything done? I mean... Uh, I don't know how they even booked their plane tickets to go to Africa. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yep. So, okay. So they saw this thing. There was... A, 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 possibly they didn't understand how things looked. These reports gained, tra- <laughs> gained traction... <laughs> So, so this is a very credible report straight from the, from the get-go, <laughs> well, really, isn't it? The questions they, they, are flooding in. <laughs> they gave, th- these reports gained traction in newspapers back in Europe. So, you know, there's, you know, newspapers were obviously a little loose with stuff at the time. Um, but uh, soon after, Arthur, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle began publishing the first serialized version of his story, The Lost World, 
We saw explorers discover dinosaurs living on an unexplored plateau in South America. What a coincidence. <laughs> so, you know, the, the, obviously these stories have struck something back home. Captain, sorry, <clears throat> German Captain Ludwig Freiherr von Stein zu Lauschnitz. What? Whoa. Yeah, that's, hey. you like that one? Hey, like imagine like walking into a room and, <laughs> and somebody's there to announce that for you. <laughs> Presenting Captain Ludwig Freiherr von Stein zu Lauschnitz. I am here having a great time tonight experiencing your evening. Let's get this party started. Let's get it on, bitches. <laughs> and the time it takes you to and like pronounce that name, you've already knocked out a sauerkraut. Yeah. <laughs> so that, that guy, for, for brevity, we'll just call him Ludwig. Uh, he was inspecting German colonies in what is now Cameroon. He's credited with the first recorded Western usage of the name Macaulay and Bembe. In 1913, in a report back to his superiors in Germany, Ludwig wrote of natives telling stories of a long-necked creature with a single horn that was bigger than an elephant. You mean a rhino? Mm. But like think- a mega rhino. Mega rhino. That's about, yeah. Uh, yeah. Like a dire rhino. But it's it, but it is long necked. It's like it's like mega rhino, but with like a a really like a giraffe neck, like a Bronto dino girano. Bronto mega rhino, right from henceforth. I knew I'd heard about it. Yeah, yeah. Bronto mega rhino, mega Bronto rhino, mega Bronto, mega rhino Bronto. Like in the Power Rangers, you could see how I could confuse that with beaver. Yeah. So basically, a beaver. He wrote, mega beaver. So, so he saw this animal bigger than an elephant, and his report was apparently never published and only unearthed subsequently by scientist and writer Willie Lay in his book Exotic Zoology, which covered everything from Macaulay and Bembe to unicorns, from giant squids to the abominable snowman. Well, you, he's, got, you would, he's, he's got all the bases covered there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you would have read Exotic Zoology when you were Colonel. I have read a lot of uh, uh, Exotic Zoology, but I don't think I've read that particular um, book. No, I haven't. Although I've always been um, after, um, you know, there's that, that famous cryptozoologist Ivan uh, Sanderson. Iverson, Ivan T. Sanderson. Ivan yeah. T. Sanderson. Yeah, I've always wanted to like get his books. Like I, I've looked at the the books before and the pictures and stuff in there, like, like hand drawn pictures of like these creatures that this guy maybe half imagined. Uh, and, and like it's a really nice looking book. I, I'd like to get a copy, but apparently they're really expensive. If I'm not mistaken, I I feel like Ivan T. Sanderson is going to pop up in this one. Maybe, or were we is he? He might have been in one, another one we talked about, but he's he's gonna he might be in this. Hopefully, I don't know. Maybe he's not. Doesn't matter. Over the next sixty years, the reports of a living dinosaur grew, but all came from second or third hand from the natives living in the jungles, and never from the game hunters, explorers, and adventurers who visited the area trying to catch a glimpse or capture one of the creatures. Noted cryptozoologist and paranormal enthusiast Ivan T. Sanderson. <laughs> Name drop. There we go. Break it out. I, I honestly didn't know it was that imminent when I said that. Ice T. Sanderson. Ice T. Sanderson. Sucker. Claimed to glimpse one of the animals sliding into the water in Cameroon in 1932. Yeah, scoped and, it. Scoped and the, it out from a distance. And there were reports of sna- of strange tracks in the jungle mud. But he never had a solid sighting of what the natives variously called Macaulay and Bembe, Niamala, Jagonini, or Amali. 
Mm. You know what? It would be so much easier if they just narrowed the names down to like maybe a couple of syllables. Or Mega Bronto Rhino. Yeah, like <laughs> ser- that just makes it so much easier. Just shorten it up, guys. Shorten it up. I don't have the time for this. Nobody got time for this. In 1976, an American named James H. Powell Jr. journeyed to Gabon on Africa's west coast, ostensibly to study crocodiles, but also to sate his curiosity about Mokali and Bembe. During his trip, he spoke to a man who claimed to have seen the creature and called it Nyamala. When, when Powell... Sh- it's just, it's like, anytime somebody sees this thing, they're like, okay, I'm going to call it Waka Waka La 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 La. <laughs> just to oh, confuse like, whatever Whitey. Whatever I want. Like, so I'm, I'm just, just going to f- call it Willy Wally Woola. I can't help but think there's a little bit of the thing, and uh, this is, is actually untrue, but there was a great uh, legend going around that uh, the, the word kangaroo actually meant what are you talking about? And so the, Captain Cook and co got to Australia and pointed at the creature and said, what's that? And they went, <laughs> kangaroo? I, I, I don't know what you're saying. <laughs> and that's how it got its name. I, I have heard that yeah. before too. It's actually, yeah. I think it's actually a myth, but it's, it's that's a great, great story. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, so during Powell's trip, he spoke to a man who claimed to have seen the creature and called it Nyamala. When Powell showed pictures of animals alive and extinct to these people, they genuinely agreed that a sauropod such as the Diplodocus was most like Nyamala. So he's showing mm. pictures in this fancy dinosaur book, an animal book, mm-hmm. and he's mm-hmm. going, What's, which one is Nyamala? And it's, it's and he's looking like, like a Diplodocus. That one, Barney. Yeah. Barney the dinosaur. Yep. Powell returned to Africa in 1979 where he met Reverend Gene. Remember Reverend Gene from the start? Uh, um, oh, he yeah, was yeah, like yeah. a yeah. religious Congo. dude. <laughs> Congo winners. Uh, uh, he, he, he spun the wheel and he won Congo. He liked, yeah, he liked yeah. Jesus a lot. Yeah. Big fan of Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. He was from that one show. Um, yeah, yeah. What was it? Uh, Reverend, Reverend. Dinosaurs. Reverend. Yeah. Reverend, Reverend no, wait. Dino and the Reverend. Dino and the Reverend. Dino and the Reverend. That's what this episode's called. Dino and the Reverend. You've cut spikes. Powell would be the first of many Macaulay and Bembe hunters to hear Reverend Gene's story about the Mogombe tribe's ill-fated encounter with the so-called living dinosaur. That's the tribe that ate it. Ill-fated. Mm. That sounds yeah, bad. Yes. yes. That's the worst kind of fated. Uh, it was one of many stories that Powell collected on that journey, including tales of the creature attacking canoes that came too close to it while it was in the water. Mm. Yeah, but David, don't you do that. I'd do that. Power. I'm swimming. <laughs> Fucking coming over here with your canoe. <laughs> yeah. Get out of my swimming zone. Yeah. Canoe boy. <laughs> Get out of my swimming zone, canoe boy. Yeah, that's the name of my next album. What you canoeing? <laughs> don't be do, don't be canoeing it near me. <laughs> oh. Dabba dabba do. Just have some respect. Water users. Yeah, that's that's all I'm saying. Safe boat use. Uh, Power returned the following year, this time with Roy P. Mackle, a Milwaukee-born biologist who had spent 10 years as the Loch Ness Investigation Bureau's scientific director. Um, just before we move forward, how, how did that work out for him Like in the long run? did he? I feel like that's a pretty cool thing to have on your CV. Like, what, what have you been in the last 10 years? Oh, Loch Ness Investigation Bureau's scientific director. Oh, so nothing? <laughs> and, uh, so, 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 so just on the doll then, was it? <laughs> yeah. How's, yeah, yeah, how, no, how's mum? <laughs> but come on, rocking up to a job interview with that on your on your resume—that's 
that's just going to get you thrown out pretty quickly. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, it definitely is. So, what you can't get a job, so you go on a trek into the jungle to find dinosaurs. Like, you know, yeah. Sign me up. Pal and Mackle met with Reverend Jean in Impfondo, who picked them up at the airport in, his, in the mission's truck. Mikhail wrote the following in his book, A Living Dinosaur? Question mark, in search of Macaulay and Bembe. <laughs> a living dinosaur? Yeah. A living dinosaur? A living dinosaur. In search of Macaulay and Bembe. Quote, Pastor Thomas was in his mid-50s and appeared to be in excellent, excellent physical shape despite his exposure to the indigenous diseases during his more than 20 years in the so, Congo. Like I'm, I'm, I'm over 50 and I'm incredibly diseased, but I'm still really good at stuff. Well, yeah, d- despite his exposure. So I think they're just going, I expected everyone in Africa to be just dying of horrible diseases. Look, I'm pretty and much... he's not. I'm pretty much done from the waist down. <laughs> but my top half, ready to explore. Let's go, people. My life is pain. <laughs> Fit and athletic, he uh, sorry, this is the rest of the quote. Fit and athletic, he did not at all resemble the stereotype of a man of the cloth. Yet his dark eyes seemed to search the depths of my soul in order to determine if I was right with God. He wore a t-shirt and a visored cap that might have suited a baseball catcher or pitcher just as well. And I kept half expecting him to call for the next pitch at any moment. Oh, God. <laughs> this, is good, this is good shit. Hey, you guys didn't have to... Who, who is that? This is, this is, uh, what's his point? Roy P. Mackle. This is the Milwaukee-born biologist who spent ten years at the Loch Ness Investigation Bureau as their scientific yeah, director. Yeah, no, he can get out. He <laughs> can. <laughs> I like these. Sounds like, like a bunch of good old boys just all getting around together. Oh, solve the cr- solve the old problem, you know? Of the mystery dinosaur oh, in the jungle. The mystery dinosaur. I should have. Do you want me to read that quote again in that accent? Is that would that help? Um. I'll just change accent mid-quote. Quote, I was further impressed. (laughs) I was further impressed with his total command of Lingala, the language used by the native Congolese and with the African French spoken everywhere except in the bush. Hardly able to contain our impatience, uh, we asked if he had ever heard of the Makele Mbembe. To our cautious relief, he told that indeed he had. (laughs) I just want to do, I don't know, is that kind of David Attenborough or something? Told that indeed. He told us, of course, he had. That he had. <laughs> and thus, the Makele Membe was discovered. Uh, a big crowd turned out of the airport to see Powell and Mackle due to the rarity of Americans in these parts. Mackle noted that most of the children in the crowd, quote, carried short handled hoes and some had machetes. And are they dinosaurs as well, maybe? Let's just be very liberal with it at the moment. (laughs) Sword carrying dinosaurs. Are you saying we're not seeing enough dinosaurs? I just feel like everybody's seeing stuff everywhere at the moment. Like Yeah. But none of the but none of the people who are like recording it. It's just they're just hearing these stories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's all third person. Mm. Yes, good good point. Mm. Quote Pastor Thomas explained that the children were allowed one day per week away from the school, but this was hardly a holiday as they were expected to work in the people's garden, which explained the hose and machetes. Yes, we know we, we so, don't we don't let them go too far from the church, if you know what I mean. Yes, so, like nudge, so, nudge. So Reverend Jean is is kind of running some sort of like six day a week school, and then you go and work for me on the seventh day. Yeah. Yeah, mm. I'm a little concerned. Just, mm. just that's where you know. I don't know. Like they, they, they have a pretty great track track record, you know. So yeah. how's that? You know, Reverend, oh no, no, Reverend I, Jean, like, no, actually, or, no, no. Do you mean, or you mean white 
people going into Africa. <laughs> yeah, that's, <laughs> and, that's and treating multi, people right. Oh, that's, okay, there's a lot of layers. I was yeah, kind yeah. of yeah. I, I was I was layering there, but yeah. Okay, cool. I, I didn't need to spell that out. Okay. Uh, <laughs> So, Pal and Mackle travelled with Reverend Jean to the mission, where a celebration was underlay. The weary travellers headed to bed, but were kept awake by the incessant sound of drums beating and natives chanting. That's, mm. that's what you want when you jet lag and arrive in a country. Garden! Yeah. <laughs> white people can't get no sleep when there's black, play, black people playing bongos. <laughs> I'm just going to leave that one. <laughs> The next day, Reverend Jean took the explorers to meet Andre Muir, the local commissar politique. I'm not entirely sure what a commissar politique is. I think it's like a... a Isn't it like a, a commissar, a, like a Russian term? Sounds, yeah, it's Com- like a, um, a local government person, I think, perhaps, in this case. Uh, Muir, I'm not sure about this, but it's pronunciation of his name. Muir uh, explained that his mother had told him about the Macaulay and Membe, but had never seen it herself. However, Muir had seen a giant bird with a three to four meter wingspan Bird. Hang on, we're, we're, Whoa, we're, hey. we're, 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 now we're Sorry? talking about giant birds. birds. Okay, Fucking yeah, yeah. What rhino? Thunderbirds. Feather rhino, and all of a sudden we've got a giant bird. Yeah, we're going for mega. This is Bront- fucking Godzilla. Mega this is, Bronto this rhino. Is the whole toy yeah, line. Yeah, this, yeah, this yeah. is Godzilla, man. Bront- There's yeah, like yeah. mecha rhino. This is Mothra. And- yeah. 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 No. <laughs> Look, we're in deepest, darkest Africa, man. There's just shit happening. There's just creatures <laughs> all over the place. There's like a ducker. There's a giant moth. I don't uh, know nothing about that mega rhino, but I saw me a giant bird. <laughs> <laughs> it looked like a crocodile, but it was a giant bird crocodile. Uh, a bird, he said, was rarely seen as it nested in only the highest trees where it fed on monkeys. Okay, that's a bit more. Well, I'm just going to put that down, sir, as a footnote uh, here. Uh, I'm actually uh, investigating a giant sauropod in the area. You know anything giant about that? Giant bird. Bird <laughs> wings as huge as men. Yeah, look, I don't have time to look for that. I'm looking for a sauropod that lives in a lake. <laughs> so, thanks. Anyway. Uh, Mule brought together some of the old tribesmen in the area. One of them, Mr. Bazinga. And oh, no shit, that's his fucking name. <laughs> That is what it said in, uh, the, no. in the source yes. on this. All, all, the, uh, all the sources will be listed somewhere for you to find What's these. What's his so first name? Uh, uh, it, it, just, it didn't give a first name. It just it called him Mr. Bazinga. I would really love um, it. It was like Sheldon Bazinga. No. Nah, just, just don't. Um, <laughs> <laughs> one of them, Mr. Bazinga, stated, quote, he knew at least three or four men who had seen McKelly and Bembe, and they arranged a meeting with him. The first man... A meeting with Macaulay and Membe. No, no, just with the three or four men. All oh, right. Okay. The first man, Joaquim <laughs> Mamika, turned out to not be an eyewitness, but told the Americans his late father had seen it, calling it, quote, an animal of the water. That narrows it down, doesn't it? Mm. You could be talking about a fish. Yeah, or... A bird that lives underwater. <laughs> it, could also, it could also be talking about a bird that lives underwater. Yeah. It could be talking about Megabronta rhino, but he just all he said was... Uh, an animal of the water. Okay. Uh, Joaquim told them of a spot in the river where Macaulay and Bambay were said to live. He also told them of another animal, a horned creature that killed but did not eat elephants and hippopotamuses, as well as a great rare bird that ate goats and monkeys and was called Ngoima or Njola in the Mbonza language. 
So Welcome we're back to just offload yeah. any fantastical Fantas- creature yeah, I can it. think yeah, of. So we've got the giant fucking rhino that eats, it kills elephants but doesn't eat them. We've got the giant winged bird. We've got fucking mega bronto rhino. Uh, there's, there's also a, a, a monkey with a dog's head <laughs> and a baboon's ass. <laughs> uh, hey, 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 Billy. Hey, Billy, what, what else is there? Oh, uh, yeah, we've got like a goat that's shaped like an elephant. Yeah, 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 and and there's like a grasshopper with like uh, like ostrich legs, and it lays eggs, and they hatch, and there's little babies inside. <laughs> and one of the babies looked at me. And one of the babies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it does, it's getting a bit like. No, hey, hey Barry, tell him about that that, that monster. You tell saw. the stupid white guy about tell, the tell thing. Him about, tell him about that giant like lizard. Moth, yeah. you it was saw. A, it was a duck mouth. Um, duck mouth, lizard moth. Scratchy was a wizard. <laughs> what? I'll write that down. It's good evidence. Pa- Pal and Mackle also asked Mule about visiting Lake Tally, and Mule said that that was possible, but noted there were, quote, reports of 15 meter long pythons and a strange rhinoceros like animal that killed but did not eat elephants. So he's, he's backing up that, that giant mega. Rhino that's not Mega Bronto Rhino. It's yeah, the angry, angry plant eater. Yeah. And, and, and it just it doesn't eat those things. It's It eats a lot of other things, but it doesn't eat those things. That's, yeah. It kills them, but it just doesn't eat them. Yeah, it kills them. Oh, yeah. It fucking kills them. It's like of course a, it kills them. It's like an American what? big game hunter. It yeah, just go, it, it you know, just kill them for the fun. Yeah, you're yeah. not, yeah. not going to eat them. For, for, the, for the Instagram you can't eat it. You can't eat a lion. Yeah. Well, it's you basically know. anti-Matt Neal, killing without eating. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, a whale on land and just look at it. Yeah, that's what. See, yeah. let's, I'm step up here because I'm eating him. I'm saying I'll eat it. Yeah, this guy's just killing it. This, he, this creature he's, is, he's is very environmentally conscious. You're a better yeah, person than a mega rhino. There you go. Thank you. I've been waiting for someone to say that. I, 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 I still wouldn't say that. They also spoke to a tribesman named Marion Ecoli, who had heard of the Macaulay and Bembe but had never seen one. We showed Marion our animal picture books of pre- presently living animals and reconstructions of extinct animals. See, Spot, 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 yeah, 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 Spot jumped over the doghouse. Spot sat on the mat. <laughs> Spot, Spot looked, looked out the at- window. <laughs> I can't believe we both went We're to the same spot. I know, spot. yeah. Like, when you said animal the- picture books, we just both thought Spot. Yeah, uh, that's... Well- it's all weird. That, that, that um, spot porno that I... <laughs> Whoa. Uh, well, that just took a left what? turn. I was going to say it was yeah, like a mind control like, thing, but that's fine. That's cool. Yeah. Rule 34, man. Like, yeah. 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 There is porn of it. Yeah. Spot got his uh, out. So it, they showed Mary in their animal picture books, and without hesitation, he identified the sauropod dinosaurs as Macaulay and Bembe. Marion became Pal and Mackle's guide on small sorties into the jungle, uh, intended to get the white men acclimatized to the terrain and learn about local plants and wildlife. Quote, Marion was a constant delight to all of us. Through his, Although his profile reminded me of the prognathous jaw of Rhodesian man, <laughs> hardly enhanced by his pointed teeth, which had been filed as a child, according to pygmy custom, a friendly and more, friendlier and more optimistic soul could hardly be imagined. Short of stature, 1.3 meters, yet remarkably robust, Marion was never without a smile on his face and his dark brown eyes would light up with enthusiasm whenever we were especially attentive to what he was saying. <laughs> well. Oh. There's, a lot, there's a lot in that. Yeah. 
Wow. That's racist. <laughs> That's, that's, it's like it's like a, another level of racism, isn't it? Especially when you read it like that too. That's great. It's racism as like uh, as biologist study. Like, yeah, 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 and that's almost the worst kind. <laughs> I, I feel. Like. Oh no, I've heard some pretty bad kinds of racism. <laughs> uh, no, but it's it's the trying to classify them other than yourself. I feel is the it's, it's, trying, it's just trying to be dis- descriptive, but it. but saying like the prognathous jaw of Rhodesian man and yeah, it's it's like it's describing know, like but, a breed of horse or something. But you know, I mean, it wouldn't his, really make for a great book if it was. It was just like it was just a little black guy. Little, <laughs> he's just a little guy. Uh, well, I mean, no, he's um, a smaller he, he, version of. You or I, but yeah. like it just and not being racist, but it's just a slightly different color. <laughs> and um, teeth could maybe do a little, but like it was a kid thing. Yeah, but how's that though? Filing down the teeth, the teeth as when they're a child, yeah. like holy, you're not gonna shit. need these. That is just so. Wait, into like, uh, point, like uh, yes, uh, he had pointed uh, teeth uh, which had been filed as a child. Oh god. That a drill. Was it That'd like really, to make them look really more hurt. ferocious? Like know, it, it, to tear flesh? To look more like the, like the a barracuda or something? I don't know. Uh, there's got to be like some kind of animal like totem to that, right? So just piranha people, basically. But yeah, nobody yeah. does that. Or maybe the guy from Prodigy did it once, but nobody else <laughs> does that. God, that'd be so shit. That's kind of that's kind of messed up. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it served a purpose. I don't know. I feel but, like it hurts. I'm actually feeling it right now. Mm, I feel like I, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, look at how shit with sharp teeth eats. It's like just gross fucking ripping whole chomp, things chomp, off. Chomp, chomp, chomp. Digesting. You know, there's no like Straight chewing, down the guts. enjoying. Chomp, chomp, chomp. Ah! I don't know. I have a really, I have a really cold glass of water and it fucking pains my teeth. I don't know. I'm having them filed down. <laughs> After about a week in Imfondo, Reverend Jean excitedly told Mackle he had found an eyewitness. He introduced the explorers to Furman Mossamele, who recalled an encounter with a creature when he was 14. According to Mackle's book, Furman, quote, saw a Macaulay and Bembe as he, as he was coming around the bend of a river near the town of Apina, about 90 kilometers west of Imfondo. Quote, he described a reddish-brown snake-like head and neck about two or three meters in length. He paddled his canoe away immediately, but before, but not before he saw the creature's brownish back, about two meters long, break the surface momentarily. I don't know why, but this guy sounds a little bit more credible. And well, because he's saying he's he's actually seen it. Everyone else has been yeah, saying, yeah. Oh, no, my dad saw it. Yeah, but it, it, it's, nah, it, it's, uh, yeah, just my auntie saw it. Yeah, like <laughs> a, a, the 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 description. You know, it, it, there's a lot more detail in there. It sounds like a you know first first hand account. Yeah, 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 yeah. This is, uh, this is getting there. It's getting up there. Mm. Can you believe it? A little bit more. Yeah. Mm. Well, you know, there's a lot of stuff out there that we don't, you know, know about, Matt. That's what this, that's especially, what this podcast is especially, all about. <laughs> especially, you know, in, in Africa. Uh, you the, know? Yeah, look, I mean, all the, uh, the ancient dental techniques that we weren't aware of, for one, <laughs> I'm learning a lot about. There you go. Furman then pointed, unprompted, to the picture... Furman then pointed. Sorry, I couldn't keep a straight face. Pointed unprompted to a picture of a sauropod in one of the explorer's books, which happened to be laying nearby. Through an interpreter, <laughs> just on the ground. Yeah. 
Oh, my dinosaur book oh, is my just dinosaur. falling out of my bag. Oh, my. It's falling upon the sauropod page, too. Oh, look at that. <laughs> Through an interpreter. Uh, what was his name again? Sorry. Um, uh, Marion? Uh, the, you mean the, the one Furman. with the really awesome name? or ah, I've just completely lost his name. This has been so many names yeah. already. Yeah. I'm completely... This is like Game of Thrones. On oh, yeah, no, sorry. <laughs> sorry, yeah, yeah, sorry. Uh, uh, really? I have no idea who the fuck we're got, is we're the, past, play, uh, yeah. the big players okay, in the so story. Marion is the guy that's been taken about in the jungles and they met this guy called Furman. And Furman is the first guy who's actually seen one. Uh, and he's described this reddish-brown snake-like head and neck about two or three meters in length. Right, and yeah, and so Furman then pointed unprompted to the picture of a sauropod in one of the explorer's books, which happened to be laying nearby. Unprompted. Unprompted. Through an interpreter, <laughs> he, was, he was emphatic it wasn't a snake or a hippo. He also mentioned another creature, a large water animal with a long horn, different to Macaulay and Membe, that, that he had never seen but had heard of. Okay. Uh, how many reports has there been of creatures with like big horns? Yeah, so we're, we're getting a few. There's this kind of stacking up. We get which as this story goes on, I'm like, is this all joined together? No, it's actually all separate. Yeah, kind the, of shit. yeah. People are saying they're seeing well at least two major <clears throat> different creatures, and then and then a giant fucking bird. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, just before we go any further, I I just want to point out that there is actually a. Uh, uh, a scientifically proven creature that has a giant horn that lives in these areas, you know. <laughs> but water going. Yeah. So I mean, you're saying that you're seeing a rhino? Yeah. A water rhino. All right. Well, yeah. Just, like, just, like rhinos get in the water, right? Well, uh, not as much as like hippos. Yeah. Well, that's nothing to like judge it by. That's hippos my, are in there quite a lot. That's like, yeah. like, yeah, my well, gauge hippos, of like how are much in the water all I've the been in water time. is like the hippo gauge. But it's like, yeah, <laughs> but it's like it's like saying so. Am I doing this like say eight hours a day? Like, so, 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 Brady, how, how long did you shower today? Like it was a good. 16 hours like <laughs> like a good 16 hour hippo shower. well it wasn't yeah. really a shower as much as it was me in my bath like spraying what you, just, what you said then was yourself, kind of like yeah, saying yeah like, look I don't swim much compared to like you know in Thorpe yeah, yeah. to like or, fish yeah, yeah. Or, <laughs> yes yeah. or maybe like, <laughs> like whales tadpoles okay. Yeah. Or maybe like Forgive you know, me for seahorses. not knowing this fucking animal's water <laughs> habits. <laughs> no, look, I got pulled up for saying something really stupid before, so it's only fair we share it around. Mm. On one of their first major journeys out of Infondo with Reverend Jean, Mackel and Powell encountered a village of tribesmen. None of them had heard of Macaulay and Bembe, nor did any didn't they recognize any animals in the explorer's books uh, beyond the known animals. As they headed downstream, they passed numerous little villages, often comprising only a couple of mud and stick huts. Each time they would row ashore, Reverend Jean would disembark first and greet the villagers. He would then explain that the other white men were there to study plants and animals in the area. We've come to study you. That's, that's such a lovely way to, to, to meet a new culture, isn't yeah. it? No, they say they're studying the plants and animals. They're not being quite so uh, prehistoric about it. Reverend Jean would then ask some questions on behalf of Mackle and Powell, running through a list of animals. What can you tell us about Ungubu, which is hippo? What can you tell us about Ibobo, which is gorilla? Nakoi, leopard, Ngando, crocodile, Unzoku, elephant, Ngombo, buffalo, Mukole, Mukole, and Bembe? And then just kind of throw on that one in the end. 
Not a single person who was interrogated had seen or could pick out any animal as representing Macaulay and Bembe, Mackle wrote. Mm. No one could tell us what a Macaulay and Bembe would look like. The consensus of opinion was, we have heard of the animal from our ancestors, but it is not known here now. So possible that it was like a living creature many years ago. Maybe, and it's been passed down in oral tradition, possibly. Deeper into the wilderness they travelled. At one village, the natives were alarmed that these white men would dare seek the dreaded Macaulay and Bembe. Mm. Although no one in the village had seen one, nor did they, they know anyone who had. Uh, they, um, a few days later, they, oh, sorry, they returned back to uh, Reverend Jean's mission in Infondo. And a few days later, two soldiers turned up at the mission seeking treatment from Reverend Jean's wife, Sandy. One of them mentioned his wife was from Apina and had heard of how a tribe had killed a Macaulay and Bembe and eaten it. They also encountered a local, fishu, a, a local official who confirmed the story. The explorers eventually made it to Apina, but collected only more second and third hand stories of Macaulay and Bembe, as well as anecdotes about the Imila Untuka, which they said was to resemble, resemble a Centrosaurus or Triceratops. Whoa, okay. Also, we've got a, we've got a veritable Jurassic Park going this on here. Also, Mbilu Mbilu Mbilu, which was said to, res- <laughs> which was said to resemble what? a Stegosaurus. And the snake-like or possibly lizard-like Unguma Monene. Now, okay. So this is like a car alarm stegosaurus. Mbilu, mbilu, mbilu. Mbilu, mbilu, mbilu. And seriously, I look, I I just reference this shit and I find it and mm. I put it in the thing. Yeah. All right, so I, 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 I'm going to come, come in with, you know, my, my regular conspiracy theory stuff here, but there, there's like a... Uh, 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 etching on on the side of a temple somewhere, possibly like Africa, possibly Asia, somewhere where it, there, there's like a, it looks like a like a stegosaurus with like the plates on top and everything like like a four legged creature that has like plates on top um, chiseled into the side of, yeah. of, of a temple. Yeah. Uh, are I, you familiar with I, that? I, I, I haven't heard of that. I don't know specifically uh, anything more about it to know whether it's mm. you know. Just well, a hoax or, well, or what? Yeah, but, like yeah. look, look into it. All right, I'll add, I'll add that to the list. <laughs> sure thing. Get Go- on that research, monkey. Google it now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, so we've gone through. We've got like a triceratops. We've got a stegosaurus. It, it, a giant it, snake slash lizard. Is creature. this still a pterodactyl, or, or did we just make that part up? I like to think that's the mega animal for people without imagination. Uh, the big bird. Yeah, big bird. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Big bird, big bird. Meanwhile, old mate down the road. Oh, it's like got a horn and a <laughs> like snake-like neck. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's a bit he's more like, inventive. Yeah, 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 yeah he's yeah. really creative. I like yeah. him. Oh, uh, what does yours eat? Monkeys. What about yours? Well, it kills elephants, but doesn't eat. Them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's some some serious one-upmanship going on yeah, in the yeah, storytelling yeah. there. Yeah, I didn't think about that. That's it good. Just Stuns them and and lets them go home in shame to their family. I, I still have a good time with the bird people. Yeah, you know? like that's impressive. Maybe not as impressive, but you know. Yeah, look, yeah, but my animal like I'm just is in it for a good time. My right? animal's invisible and like doesn't cast a shadow. <laughs> so you know, and you know, by on the every third full moon, it appears as like a kind of phoenix. Like <laughs> mine is so fierce, they called it. A three name. <laughs> they repeated the name Imbilu, three times. Imbilu, Imbilu. <laughs> Mine's like a little yellow rabbit that has electric power. 
And that guy's summoning I call him Pikachu. Mackle returned in... So they didn't see any, any... So these two got Pal and Mackle this whole trip. They didn't see anything and they, they went back home. And then Mackle returned in 1981 and again meeting up with Reverend Jean and again collecting stories, including some about the giant turtle and deck and Dendeki. Okay, we've got another one here. Yeah. Another one here. Yeah. Uh, uh, a 15-meter-long crocodile known as Mahamba. I mean, that's, oh, just, Mahamba. A big, that's just a big croc. Just a big fucking crocodile. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Could and be a uh, Sakasukas. That's that's part of the bird family. They've like, you know what? We're gonna just put another little tasty sliver. A big crocodile. <laughs> uh, and Ingoima, which was the name given to the giant monkey eating eagle. Yeah, uh, cool. Uh, I liked him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, these, are, cool. these are sounding like like villains in Godzilla movies, aren't be, they? Yeah, like, well, I yeah, said that before. This yeah. is going to make a great Godzilla. But film. I mean, those like eagles still ex- not as big, obviously. But like, you're talking about eagles that hunt sloths. Like they're medium sized dog size maybe not saying, hippo water use but like. it's <laughs> making my skin crawl just just thinking about it. i actually Grease, hate they things. they look well yeah birds but sloths look very greasy three that, to four meters though that's as big as that wall oh that wall that we can all hear yeah <laughs> well for people at home people at home we're looking at about a three to four, four meter, meter wall, wall. yeah uh, so people at home can picture it that was re- totally helpful relatively bird shaped uh, <laughs> it, 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 it has a horn <laughs> I'm just trying uh, to help people. And, and as I came around the river, I saw the wall and... <laughs> <laughs> and I knew it was a bird. <laughs> I knew it was an underwater rhino. <laughs> oh my God. This story is just all over the place. It's, there's, it's a lot of, there's a lot of weird creatures out here. Okay. That's what I'm, yeah. okay it's a menagerie. Um, yeah, a veritable menagerie. The 1981 expedition was, according to Mackle, the closest he came to an encounter with Michele and Bembe. J. Richard Greenwell, secretary of the International Society for Cryptozoology. Mm. Yeah, a very reputable Mm, position, I might add. Which had helped fund the journey, said the explorers heard a loud splash and saw a large wake move through the water that was unlike a crocodile or a hippo. Saw a splash in the water. Uh, I saw a splash in the water, so it must be a dinosaur. (laughs) I feel like. <laughs> oh, sorry. Oh, that's... <laughs> I feel like that's a bit of it, isn't it? it it's like. I'm sorry. No, I actually no. I, I, uh, <laughs> he, it's possible, isn't it? It, it feels it's a possible. lot like someone who's hunting for a dinosaur says it's something that yeah. they would say. Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. Oh, there's a splash in the water. Probably a dinosaur. Yeah. yeah. I'm looking but for a giant bird. Doesn't look Splash like... Splash in the water, giant bird. It was, <laughs> duck, it was ducking down. It was ducking down to capture its prey, which happens to be giant horned underwater rhinos or something. This is just insanity. This whole thing. Yeah, I feel like you're doubting it a little bit. <laughs> I've got an open That's... mind about it. On Mackle's uh, journeys, he was unable to reach Lake Telly which is where the Macaulay and Bemba had reportedly been killed and eaten. But Herman Regustas, an American engineer, did make it to Lake Telly. Mm. Mm. Who's, who, who's Herman? Herman Regustas had originally been part of the crew for Mackle's 1981 expedition, but before departure, the two had fought over, quote, finance, equipment, and leadership. Mackle mm. wrote in his book that he 
quote, emphasized to Herman that this was my expedition, that I was the expedition leader, and that although I was prepared to, prepared to listen to his opinions and advice, the final decision in important matters would have to be mine. Yeah, look, I understand that. Ugh. As a fellow dinosaur hunter, uh, just, you, 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 there's only room for, for one person leading a, a dinosaur hunting expedition. My what, way. what is it about dinosaurs that just brings out the worst in people? It like, just brings out uh, the asshole in someone, doesn't it? Othniel, um, like, and the drinker cope. You know the whole. Oh, oh yeah, cope the bone. Drink, yeah, drink, yeah. drink the water bone. and cope. Is drink, that what it was? Yeah, yeah, old hippo water uh, cope guy. Uh. <laughs> hippo water and cape guy. Did you? Is that what you said? Yeah, yeah, right. Okay, I'm, cool. Come, on, I know what I'm talking. Yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How dare you insult me? No, no, I'm just checking. <laughs> but um, yeah, that uh, that book. Uh, th- what is it called? Thunder lizards and uh, bone sharps, cowboys, and thunder lizards. Yeah, that's great. A- yeah, great book. But yeah, total assholes because of dinosaurs. It's just something about it. Yeah, just. I I think a lot of that exists in the cryptozoology world too. There's like politics, you know, Doctor So and So, and and Mister Bizzo, whatever. They're always arguing about the you know, sooner these we made stop holding creatures. each other back, the further we go. Yeah, if they could just <laughs> drop the the politics and open their third eyes. They would see the Michele Membes. So, Regustus quit Mackel's group and set out on his own journey to the Congo that same year. So, he's, he's the, the Mackel's gone, no, it's my fucking dinosaur hunting trip. Get your own dinosaur hunting trip. And Regustus has gone, fuck it, I will get my own dinosaur hunting Bang. trip. I was on the prize. So, <laughs> he went to the Congo the same year. He made it to the Congo a full month before Mackle, and both groups were even in the country at the same time, but never crossed paths. And while Mackle failed to reach Lake Telly twice, Regustus succeeded with a troop of 28 locals and his wife, Kia. So, he went to the lake. You can tell he's like real burnt. Legend. Like, I'd... In that scenario where I've just been kicked off the tour kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. no, I'm not going to look for that. I'm going to look for the giant fucking bird. And maybe if I see one of those. <laughs> uh, this, this is some serious one-upmanship. He's gone, oh, no, cool. You have your little thing to go to that lake or whatever. And then he goes there a month before and gets to the lake that this dude can't yep. get to. It's just a bit of a... <laughs> oh, hello, oh, neighbor! How's your, how's your leadership working out for you? Look what I just led to the thing where you wanted to go and didn't get to. <laughs> Sit on this. Um, on October 8th, the expedition spotted, two, spotted large ripples on the otherwise smooth Lake Tally. Mm. That, wow, just straight I away. mean, as soon as water does uh, that, dinosaurs. Yeah, yeah uh, uh, absolutely. Well, I was just about to say giant underwater bird but well i was gonna say mega bronto rhino but sure you you have no like we we all lived in a coastal town how many dinosaurs do you think we just missed oh the amount of ripples yeah yeah it's insane and you know what i've seen a lot of ripples that actually uh uh, really resembled the the ripples caused by dinosaurs too (laughs) (laughs) you know yeah The next morning, from a distance of a mile away, they saw a dark, quote, long neck-like member protruding from the water for five five minutes before submerging. Protruding from my boxer shorts. (laughs) (laughs) Regustus tried filming the creature, but claimed the heat... Hey, get that out of here. (laughs) Just going to fire off this quick Snapchat. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> but he claimed the heat and humidity prevented his camera from working. He managed to get just one blurry picture. <laughs> it's, it's the humidity. That's so. This is just old mate at the sauna. <laughs> <laughs> oh. uh, he managed to get just one blurry picture of an unidentifiable object in the lake. A week later, they recorded a strange sound, a quote, low windy roar that increased to a deep throated trumpeting growl. Well, hello. Oh, God. Sounds like an underwater rhino to me. Which mm. Regustus believed to be McKelly and Bembe's call. Technical enough. <laughs> it just is. It just is. I'm that. just saying it is. <laughs> just like the ripples. Technical analysis of the recording was inconclusive, although Regustus claimed it was not the sound of any known animal. Mm. Although mm. it could be a boat. Uh, a month. <laughs> I'm just going to uh, say. Uh, I was going to say boat. Boat. Yeah. yeah. Uh, boat. Uh, a month after the initial sighting, Regusta's wife, Kia, claimed to see a two metre long head and neck poke out of the water, swaying back and forth before sinking back into the water. <laughs> okay, okay. But, but before we go <clears throat> any, yes. any further, yeah. I just feel like I've got this picture of Kia as being like this sort of hippie kind of chick that's just seeing monsters and stuff everywhere. Like, I just I just get that kind of vibe from, from the name Kia. You know, she's hunting down Michele Membes and... I'm getting a vibe you know, of a, she's in a, a she's small in a Korean dress. car, but anyway. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Regustas also claimed to have footprint and scat samples, although the latter were never present, presented for independent assessment. Because uh, mm. when you've got scat samples, you want to keep them to yourself. Yeah, totally. Mm. Well, I mean, yeah. that's your thing. Yeah. Pass it on to your kids. Pass your scat on to your kids. <laughs> hey, kids. I've got, got a bag of shit here, and it could be from a dinosaur. Dad, I don't like Hang you. on to that. I don't, I don't want to hang out with I'm you. I'm not coming to your funeral. Uh, however, he was certain he and his team had encountered a sauropod. Despite this, on, on their return, they received little more than, quote, a cold shoulder from the cryptozoological community, partly because he lacked persuasive photographic evidence to back his story. Mm. Yeah, the, yeah, it's that whole thing about having evidence. It's yeah. so that overrated. prickly point of evidence. So- Oh my god! Would it just be better if we just didn't all need it? Just can't, I, can't thing, be fucked with evidence. I think yeah. it's better if we prove things scientifically by using our imaginations. Exactly. <laughs> well, why not? There was a giant bird. <laughs> Several guides who accompanied Regustas were interviewed by subsequent expeditions. They contradicted Regustas' claims, saying they never saw the Macaulay and Bembe. Oh. So that kind of puts. Okay. So it's got a shits on that parade. Are we ending now? Or? No, no. There's surprisingly a large amount still to go. Two years later, Congolese biologist Marcelin Agnagna, Ag- Agnagna, yeah, I don't know about that one, mm. uh, who had been part of Roy Mackle's 1981 expedition, ventured to Lake Tally as well. He claimed to have seen Macaulay and Bembe at close distance for about 20 minutes, which he filmed. When the mm. film was processed, it was completely black. Uh, you know why? Uh, Agnagna said he left the lens cap on. Oh, well, I was uh, going to say, it could also be the uh, creature's ability to, to uh, fry electrical equipment. Obviously. Just like ghosts and yeah. Sasquatch. And, and Bigfoot, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Convenient. Yeah, yeah, it's proven. When someone pointed out that the type of cam- camera Agnagna was using would have, only made it, would have made it impossible for him to not realize the lens cap was on, 
Agnina changed his story, claiming he had the Super 8 camera on the wrong setting. Macro instead of telephoto. Uh, Although, why, uh, that, why that would have yielded a black film wasn't explained. <laughs> also, I may have just had the camera pointed at the ground when I was shooting uh, the was film of the dinosaur. Uh, I had the night mode on. Whatever. <laughs> J. Richard- Point is, I saw it. <laughs> J. Richard Greenwell, who's from the Cryptozoology Society, as mentioned before, who, who published the initial lens cap claim in Cryptozoology magazine, took responsibility for the lens cap slash setting error correction, saying it was a translation mistake between Agnagna's report in French and his English. Uh, oh, that explains it. I, there we go. Yeah. Case closed. Yeah. yeah. Look, I, I studied French for a little while, and I'm going to say you'd probably pick up the differences between uh, saying lens cap and wrong setting on the camera. Wow, I didn't know that was the French of it. That's le wrong setting on the camera. <laughs> sure. Wow, you're legit. <laughs> That's insane. That's in, so legit. In 19... How long? Like two years? Three years? <laughs> five and a half. Can you believe? Le wrong setting on le camera. I feel like Babel, like I've got some fish yeah. that's... Wow. I'm like the fucking Rosetta Stone. Yeah. <laughs> In 1985, American explorer Rory Nugent, that's a good name for an American explorer, who sailed across the Atlantic solo four times, tried his luck at Lake Tahoe. Was Tally. he lost? I bet he liked guns. <laughs> <laughs> nope, not on this side. <laughs> oh, fuck Europe again. <laughs> no, no, I didn't leave my glasses in America. No, I'll go back the other... Uh, he took some photos that he claimed were of Macaulay and Bambay when he got to Lake Tally. One of them, and I have I have seen this, is clearly a log poking out of the water. Okay. Like, yeah. I'll just open it. Okay. Well, but the ripples, yeah. man! Let me just also point out, Matt, that uh, you're not trained to uh, identify sauropods uh, in aquatic environments. Uh, no, uh, and you actually have to uh, you actually have to study under uh, under. Uh, cryptozoologist for quite a quite a long time to be able to distinguish between a log in the water and also an unproven species of sauropod <laughs> that's, yes that's a very good point we took a night course yeah i googled it i'm just playing i'm just playing dinosaurs advocate yeah yeah uh rory nugent said that when he attempted to get in a boat to chase the creature his local guides pointed guns at him and to stop him saying quote the God can approach man, but man never approaches the God. He would have killed us all. Yeah. That's pretty good. That's a good takeaway. Uh, look, yeah. If I'm going to stop someone from approaching something, that's probably about as good as you can yeah. come up with. It's also... With the, the gun. The, it, yes, <laughs> the gun helps. The gun really sells it. I'm really listening now. Yeah. It's also a really good reason to say to your friends that why you don't have any evidence. Oh, it's yeah, because yeah. of the crazy natives. With and, guns. And they had guns. Oh, oh my yeah. God. But also, this bit is in the trailer. Like, this is the, in, in the fucking trailer. There's an, an, uh, an African guy with a gun pointed out. He goes, the, the God can approach man, but Nan never approaches the God. He would have killed us all. Doom, Macaulay and Bimbe <laughs> <Yeah>. this August. <laughs> yeah. Macaulay Culkin is Macaulay and Bimbe. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> For those of you who couldn't see that, there was hands up to the face, Home Alone style Tarzan call, which which I never thought I'd ever see. Uh, Almost all of these expeditions and many subsequent ones featured Reverend Gene, 
It was he who provided most of the contacts for the adventurers, pointed them in the right directions, and served as a translator or entry point for the visitors to the region. In 1985, another expedition arrived on Reverend Jean's doorstep in Infondo, dubbed Operation Congo. Whoa. Mm, Broad. Sounds serious. And thinking, like, what are we going to call it? Well, we're we're going to the Congo. We're doing a thing in that area. Um, It makes sense. To be better though, to be honest, so this is better than the, all those police ones where they they do some big operation or raid and they come back and we've yes we've just completed Operation Shoehorn, uh, Operation like, Pepper Shaker. How the fuck did you come up with the name? Is it just you looked around the office and found something? It's essentially yeah, what it is. Operation Coffee Machine, uh, Operation Blue Pen, <laughs> Operation Red Lighter. Yeah, so Operation Congo it's, uh, makes sense. Uh, it's not the worst. No, it's not the worst. <laughs> Operation Congo was led by William Gibbons, who has been described as a young earth creationist. Now, are you guys familiar with what a young earth creationist uh, is? Like creationists. Yeah, like the earth so, is, is 6,000 years yeah, old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What? Yeah. Hang on, what? The, the, so they believe the, the Bible in a very literal sense and, and believe that the, the earth is only 6,000 years old. Okay, but like, how do they explain like it's in fossils? A book. Uh, it's, in, it's actually in a book. Well, it's, it's well, they you can't. No one saw it. Uh, maybe you've heard of it. God, it's called like the Bible. Uh, dinosaurs, uh, like the, like Satan put dinosaur bones there. To, why would like, they test lie about faith? that? Why would God lie to us? <laughs> <laughs> Have you not heard about this shit? No, I, I like I've heard about creationists before, but yeah, I'm but just... so, yeah. So they either say that um, carbon, the system we use for carbon dating, is fundamentally wrong, and it's just out by several million okay, years. Okay, so mm. so so yeah. what they're saying is kind of viable. It's it, it's that no 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 no. no, 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 no it has <laughs> no scientific. I'm rousing you guys. Shut up. <laughs> that was like a what I was saying was yeah. All they're saying is is that maybe our systems are flawed. Is that right? <laughs> is that right? They're or that, are they saying that... That's they're, not, they're saying your science is broken and we have a book that was written many thousands of years ago that says otherwise. Oh, I don't see any problem with this. <laughs> okay. Fair enough, okay. <laughs> Bill Gibbons referred to himself as a doctor, having received a PhD in cultural anthropology from Warnborough College, a university which has been labelled, quote, a diploma mill and was the subject of several lawsuits before it went into liquidation in 1996. <laughs> diploma mill. Operation Congo was dubbed by one source as, quote, four enthusiastic but naive young Englishmen. Uh, after meeting up with Reverend Jean, they hired Marcel and Agnagna, that guy again, to take, mm. he's, the one, he's the one that filmed with the lens cap on, uh. to take them to Lake Tally, which involved, quote, a challenging five-day slog through the dense forest. They didn't see any Macaulay and Bembe sightings, but the Brits did manage to have uh, a lot of their supplies stolen by Agnagna, who they said lied to them and turned their native porters against them, leading to a court case in which Agnagna had to repay Gibbons and his men. <laughs> well, it just keeps getting better he's for making old mate Lanscap, doesn't it? Yeah, he's <laughs> turned out to be a real winner. Yeah. <laughs> This was the first of four journeys to Africa that Gibbons would lead in search of Macaulay and Bembe, and each were as successful. Yeah, and each were as successful as the first. Although on their first journey, they did discover a new subspecies of monkey. Well, I mean that's something. That's something. Look, it's not Megabronta yeah. rhino or or giant <laughs> four meter winged bird. What did he call it? What about the giant I crocodile didn't, didn't get thing that. as well? 
Like there's so yeah, much yeah. stuff over there everywhere to discover <laughs> and all he could find was a filthy monkey. There, there's a slightly different monkey. It's, it's, it's just a subspecies. Like, yeah, there's fucking rhino things and, and giant crocodiles and shit out and here. And giant birds and but stuff. But they didn't see that. They found, a, they found uh, a new monkey. Maybe it was him. He was just so slowly bringing the bar down from this dinosaur fucking giant beaver. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, let's make this more achievable. Giant bird. Yeah. I went, I, I'm not going to the Congo anymore to find Macallan Bembo. I'm going to find new monkeys. <laughs> oh, no, that was all a ruse to just go and find monkeys. Yeah. So we've now got this new earth creationist, William Gibbons, who's doing four. He's done four journeys to the Congo. Um, paleontologist Donald Prothero noted that, the, quote, the quest for Macallan Bembe is part of the effort by creationists to overthrow the theory of evolution and teaching of science by any means possible. The only people looking for Macallan Bembe are creationist ministers, not wildlife biologists. Oh my God. This is anti-vaccination in an animal for people. Like, yeah, yeah. We're just going to, like, there's all this evidence, but there's this one thing. That we just want to. It might be based on some misinformation and a bit of spin or whatever, but we're going to find this one thing to prove our point. That's real. You just know that, like, if they could get away with it, they would fake it. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like lens cap left my lens cap on is about as close as anyone's got to have a real crack at faking it. This is wide open for real fakery. It's actually the worst ever. Like I filmed it, but had my hand over the lens and, and you know, I, it was not, I, well, uh, I it was too dark. And I yeah. think, I think it's actually worse to say, no, this animal won't let you film it because it dis- it discharges something that will disrupt your camera yeah, the, the equipment. The, big foot one, the Bigfoot uh, one is, for me, is that pretty ups bad. The, like, wow, that, that is amazing. <laughs> well, <laughs> just, I just want to catch it even more now. Wow, they really thought of everything. That's <laughs> Trust me, there, there are people out there that, that believe that there are animals that can do this this kind of thing. Yeah, and that's cameras. why we can't get and good that's stuff why we footage of them. Yeah. Like, it's a whole... Subspecies of mm. <laughs> hard to photograph uh, ear. Yeah, I was talking yeah. about people that believe in that thing. But subspe- they're, 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 a, they're a subspecies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A new type of monkey. Gibson himself state, states that evolution. Sorry, that quote evolution and its accompanying necessity of long ages of evolutionary development would be hard pressed to accommodate a living dinosaur. But Gibbons is not convinced that Marcellin Agnagna, Rory Nugent, or Herman Augustus have observed Macallan Bembe's. Quote, During our two visits to the Congo, my colleagues and I were unable to locate a single one of the dozens of witnesses that allegedly observed Macallan Bembe's with the aforementioned explorers. Marcel Nagnagna's story has changed several times. To a, He was now thought by Roy Mackle to have observed the giant African freshwater turtle, Trionyx triangulus. So there's a big... There's, so there is a big... There's, yeah, there is a big turtle. There is a big animal out there and it's a giant fucking... African turtle with a really long neck. Mm. Awesome. So that Rad. and that that's, is that is way cooler. Yeah, that, that's that, that actually cool. does exist. I, well, yeah. I don't know. I think finding an actual fucking dinosaur out there would be pretty cool. But, um, yeah, but still, also, giant yeah. turtle with long neck. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Uh, can, and can, does, can the turtle also have a horn too? Sure, it's got a horn and a yeah. frill. All right, <laughs> and Sweet. a four meter wingspan. Yeah. yeah, and it hangs out with the giant bird. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
Fellow Young Earth creationist Kent Hovind. Now, just can I just say that I had to read a lot of Young Earth creationist shit to research oh, this. Oh, God. And that is just some truly remarkable stuff. Going to stop you right Wonderful. there. Wonderful. Praise be to Jeebus. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, now, mate, now, now, save don't, that. Don't yeah. judge it too much. <laughs> don't yeah. Don't read it and critically analyze it at all. No, 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 no. Fuck, not, not yet. Don't we're, apply we're, rationale and that. reason to these things. We're just we're presenting That's your first mistake, Matt. Matt, we're we're in the presenting <laughs> evidence phase yeah, yeah. Of, of our podcast. Yeah, um, that's where right. that's what I'm doing. Young, fellow young Earth creationist Kent Hovind believes Macaulay and Bembe still exists as an example of his theories that the Earth is less than ten thousand years old. Hovind has a long, a long-standing offer of ten thousand dollars for anyone who can present scientific evidence proving evolution is real, and as yet it goes unclaimed. So he's so except for that like one time where except Charles for Darwin like did exactly oh just that. all those times where you can prove <laughs> evolution, but he's not paying up. I feel like there's a lot of people getting ripped off at ten thousand dollars here. Uh, yeah, but I feel like it's probably because. Uh, people are going, okay, well, there's this species of bird and they're separated from, you know, this particular area and they've evolved this particular characteristic to adapt to their natural environment. And he's just going, nah, that's not evidence. <laughs> no, it's evidence. This book. Yeah. Written by Jesus. Yeah. Written by... Uh, it wasn't written Je- by Jesus. I don't worry written about that. Written by... <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure it was like written by his like, you know, acolytes and stuff. So in a way... Written by Jesus. Cause, yeah, yeah. You know, well, it's all the word of God. Yeah. Right from him. Yeah. But yeah, so he's just going, I've got this like magical book here and you've got all this like pictures and measurements and data. And, and actual like, physical fossils that you've dug out of the ground. Oh, uh, how boring. And, oh <laughs> my God, this is just so like, no. Tell a story. Like Not, how... Yeah. Yeah. How are we growing from uh, this? And, and how are we going to repress people with this? As for McKelly and Bembe, Hovine says that, quote, Dinosaurs were nothing more than giant lizards in the Garden of Eden. <laughs> Dinosaurs lived with Adam and Eve. They were big lizards, uh, and lizards never stopped growing. This brings us... Never! This they be- never stopped! <laughs> they never stopped growing! This brings us up to the flood. <laughs> if they were in the Garden... If they were in the Garden of Eden, the first 1,600 years of man's life on Earth, what happened to them? Did Noah have dinosaurs on the ark? Certainly. You ask, dinosaurs on the ark? You crazy person. The Bible Bible says that he had seven of every clean kind, two of every common kind. The ark was pretty big. Well, they never thought it would have to have been huge. You ask, dinosaurs on the ark? But dinosaurs are so big. <laughs> Noah was. They pe- never stop growing. <laughs> they never stop. It's so much food. Noah was pretty smart, and he's probably smart enough to figure out that you do not have to bring the biggest ones you find. You just get the little tiny ones. Bring, bring babies. Start them small, really, really small. Bring babies. Just be sure to get a pink one and a blue one. I would say that there are a lot of reasons to bring babies. Number one, they were smaller and took up much less space. Number two, they would sleep a lot more. Number three, really cute. Number three, super cute. Number four, they would eat a lot less, which means they would have to bring a lot less food. And number five, after the flood was over, they would live longer to produce more offspring. Number six, you can cook them really fast. (laughs) Furthermore, 
He only had to bring two of each kind, not two of each species or variety. Now, okay, bear with me. This guy is has a long-standing bet for anyone who can prove that evolution exists. Okay, now I'm going to read you. This is a direct quote. Okay, quote. There are 250 subspecies of dogs in the world. Noah did not have to bring a Great Danes, Chihuahuas, St. Bernards, and Dalmatians. All Noah had to do was bring two of the dog kind. From these two generic mutts, dogs have diversified until we have the different varieties in existence today. What? <laughs> um, hey, wait, 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 wait. is not real. <laughs> Oh, so revolution, evolution is thing. <laughs> I would say that the basic dog kind diversified after the flood into the wolf, the coyote, the hyena, the chihuahua, the great dane, oh. the doberman, and so on. These are all variations, not evolution. <laughs> they God. are still the same kind of animal, a dog kind of animal, but not evolution. Um, so, like, w- when he says that they differentiated, define differentiated. One's a wolf, one's a coyote. No, no, one's no, no, a no, 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 no. But how did they uh, I don't know. go it's... from dog kind to the separate species that obviously look mm. and. and uh, yeah, it's almost like he's explained how fucking evolution works. It is, isn't it? They go <laughs> and they divert, they go off after the flood and they're living in different areas and they change. Except. They fucking change. Except, you know why they changed? The power of Jesus. Yes, that's why. True. Yeah, that's what. That's obviously. It's not evolution. It's just the power of Jeebus. Um, Hovind once asked Reverend Jean if there were dinosaurs in the swamps near Imfondo. The missionary said, "Mr. Hovind, I have lived there for forty years. I have never seen one, but there is no doubt in my mind that there are some dinosaurs in that swamp. I have two pygmies in my church that helped kill one back in the fifties. They are Christians now." I myself have heard the dinosaurs at night. So there's the reverend himself. That's what he, he lived out there for 40 years and did say one. Didn't say one, but he heard them calling to him in the night. It's pretty thin evidence. Another young earth creationist, Christopher J. Johnson, J. E. Johnson, notes that, quote, children love dinosaurs and that, quote, children are lured in with their fascination with dinosaurs only to be indoctrinated in the dogmas of a religious cult which he calls evolutionism. Yeah. Mm. yeah. And the dangers of evolution. Yeah. That killed... sounds like your fucking church. Mm. Evolutionism has killed millions of people. Like, yeah, in its time. Oh, yeah. People start wars over evolutionism. Oh, mm. my God. Just all day, every day. These, <laughs> quote, these evolutionists slash atheists know that a dinosaur being alive today is strong indication the Bible is true. And the real reason they're so scared of a dinosaur creature being alive is because they're running from the Christian God of the Bible. So no matter what was discovered, they will have an excuse. It's because Satan told me to look at all this evidence. Now, this (laughs) this is... What's really weird about this is that a dinosaur being alive today is strong indication the Bible is true. Now, I'm really, really confident that there's no fucking dinosaurs in the Bible. I... Look, I, I went to a Catholic school and they definitely skipped over that bit. Yeah, I, could, I would have no, I did yeah. RE class as well and I really, feel like yeah. I would have noticed the dinosaur bit. I'm going to have to pull you up there. I'm pretty sure there's references to dragons. Pretty sure there's references to giant serpents. I'm pretty sure there's references <laughs> to... There's a creature called Leviathan. Uh, in giant there. flying serpent beasts. There's a lot of references to something that could be possibly construed as a dinosaur. 
Yeah, I guess that, that's kind of true. But I think all of those, all the context of all those things that are mentioned is like fucking things raining down from the sky. There's nothing that's like, hey, there's an animal that's just sort of living. It's all like fucking fire and brimstone end of the world shit where there's these giant fucking dragons and fire breathing shit and Leviathan yeah, yeah. swallowing, you know, the world and all this kind of shit. Like there's nothing in there that's kind of like the way they talk about a fucking donkey or or a, a lion or a snake. Say, and or, so you know, stood Tyrannus Rex. Tyrannosaurus Rex. Yeah. Tyrannosaurus Rex. Yeah, but, uh, I guess you, you don't, you don't uh, include like a documentary, like, you know, uh, description of a species of animal in your history of your, you know, religion though, do you? Really fucking sure. Really? It's a, it's a different book. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah. Oh, the, oh, the other I'm sorry, Bible like, is like, uh, hang on, well, a zoological guide to God's creatures. Sorry, I just realised what I'm defending. I'm yeah. just going to stop. <laughs> <laughs> the Book of Jurassic Park. <laughs> Johnson interviewed Reverend Jean's wife, Sandy, who confirmed the story they had heard of the tribesmen killing and eating in Macaulay and Bembe. She also told Johnson she and her husband had seen the tracks of the creatures but had no plaster of Paris to create a mold and bring back. No plaster of Paris, no. can't do no. anything. Oh. Left it in my other pants. Le- left it in my lens cap, which Re- was on the camera. <laughs> Reverend, <laughs> Reverend Eugene Tom- Thomas died in 2005. His wife, Sandy, died in 2015. Sandy Thomas wrote a book entitled Beyond Jungle Walls, detail- detailing their 47-year ministry in the Congo. Wow, that three to four meter wall. Just... <laughs> <laughs> What? The jungle wall. Ah, oh, the, the, the three... Yeah, that wall. Oh, that wall. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Jeez, They're, good fucking callback. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that was like two hours ago. Yeah. There have been... Uh, get this over quicker. There have been more than 20 expeditions to find Macaulay and Bembe. Reverend Jean assisted on almost half of them. Uh, but there has never been a single half-decent photo. While the likes of Roy Mackle think we should be talking about Macaulay and Bembe in the same way we talk about the Loch Ness Monster. It has been noted by paleontologists that there would need to have been a significant number of animals to continue to produce descendants for almost 70 million years after the dinosaurs were believed to have died out. Also, not a single carcass, bone fragment or fossil has ever been found. Mm-hmm. Mm. Can you believe it? Test of faith. So, uh, sorry, who, who's that directed to? You never do this part of the podcast right. You should say, <laughs> "Hey, Brady, can hey. you believe it?" I just, well, you're both listening to me no, talk. No, just do it properly. <laughs> sorry, the exact me, Colonel. Can you believe it? Okay, and, and Brady <laughs> too. See, I'm well, a single. Okay, no, this is, no, this well, is terrible. terrible. Let's this just talk. Terrible. We'll just talk at the same time. Okay, okay. right. So Ready, I, set, think go. That, I think uh, the <laughs> I, I believe is highly unlikely. Not true. Due to we got no, we got no dinosaur over here, <laughs> Colonel. We got no dinosaur over here. Okay, no, you're no, jumping no, in I, too. I, I, I want to explain my answer. It's like a little word or go I on. want to explain my answer. You go first, Brady. No, Matt's ruined it for everyone. No, you got it. Let, you know, like, you've let's got try it. and save it. That's all you, Colonel. Can you believe it? Okay, so here's the thing, right? The creature is this giant, potentially a herbivore. It's got to come up to uh, breathe air, uh, feed. It would be the kind of thing that would be easily to, like, it would be easy to capture a a photo of it or witness it or see it. And there just doesn't seem like there's enough of that going on. Or all the reports are third hand. Uh, there was the, a couple of first-hand ones, but 
But those are kind of discredited by other people who say, no, you know, I was on that trip and I didn't actually, we didn't actually mm. say anything. Look, the, the, mm. the, uh, I would like to think that uh, that particular area of the world is actually big enough and wild enough that, it, you know, it's a possibility that something, some kind of remnant species of dinosaur could have but existed a, in a pocket for a certain period of time. But a big enough area to hide the number of animals that be could survive for 70 million years. Yeah, look, no, I, I, okay. Well, I mean, 70 million or maybe only like 8,000. 6,000, 6, yeah. yeah. As yeah, you yeah. know, the, the coelacanth fish, which was discovered, you know, uh, in the 1930s, 30s, yeah. Uh, it was, was was thought to have you know been ex- extinct for millions of years. So it, it is possible that this kind of thing you know can occur in nature. Cryptozoologists often cite the existence of the solacanth as part of the possibility <laughs> that a dinosaur could exist in the African jungle. However, as the website Skeptic notes, there is a big difference between finding a fish in oceans which cover two thirds of the Earth and have mm. depths of up to thirty five thousand feet compared to a large dinosaur in a jungle that covers 44,000 square kilometers. Okay, so uh, am I allowed to finish the question that you asked me? or? Uh, yeah, but sorry, you just, you just said solar cannon. It was the next thing on my, on my thing. Right, okay. So, yeah, look, I, I, I don't think in this particular case that these people saw anything. I, I think, like, it is possible, however, very highly unlikely that ancestors and uh, generations of local inhabitants may have seen something hundreds of years ago and it's been passed down through their their verbal storytelling or, or whatever um, you know it, it, it's it's plausible that that could have happened maybe but it just seems like there's just not enough evidence to support the fact that these people saw anything and Brady, can you believe it? I'm going to cut out so many words and just say no. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Actually, no, before, what is a solar camp or whatever? So it's a fish that they found off the coast coast of Africa. Is it silicon? Silicon. Okay, I've always been saying solar camp. I've been getting that wrong. So it's a fish that they found that has been unchanged since the dinosaur ages. So they thought it was extinct. Is Uh, it like, what does it look like? Like, It looks like like a fish with armor on. Wow. Yeah, it's just it kind of looks a little bit bony, like as a, yeah, as, a, yeah. as a whole, but um, like rhino. No, there's no, no, no so not quite. Like, no, like, like like a horn, like a horn, and a four meter wingspan. <laughs> I, I'm a little bit in the camp. How you going? So I got a foot in. Coelacanth has sold it for you. <laughs> well, because they found a fish in the ocean. Sold a camp. <laughs> See now, you you you're downplaying the significance of this discovery of the coelacanth. No, no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. So but I'm, but I'm saying fish in the ocean. But it's and, a bit. It's, uh, whatever. Uh, but I'm saying it's a bit different to that. Something could exist un, unfound in the ocean is a bit different to a little patch of jungle where there's a giant fucking dinosaur. Apparently, we're kind like, of let down agree. by that, aren't yeah, we? Agree. Like that mm. whole like the crocodile, the living dinosaur, just. Mm. No, uh, it's not really there. Was is it? It? Like, uh, I'm not. Im- I'm not impressed. I wouldn't by go it. to a park to look at it. It's just there. Yeah. I mean, like uh, Australians, we're we're so spoiled. There's crocodiles here, there, everywhere. Yep. Like, yeah. Everywhere just I eat, look, there's a crocodile. Just eating tourists. Uh, all right. Well, so to just to, to sum up, then uh, in 1989, British writer Redmond O'Hanlon visited the Congo. 
The local people he spoke to said they believed Macaulay and Bembe was a spirit as opposed to a physical creature. There we go. Mm. And that Bing claims Bazinga. That, that happens every time. <laughs> Dr. Bazinga. And that claims for its authentic existence. Dr. Bazinga. The claims of its authentic existence have been fabricated. A common theory is that some witnesses have in fact viewed a long-necked turtle, as we mentioned earlier. Uh, yeah, that is a terrifying and awesome. A yeah. massive turtle. Yeah, yeah, huge. So, yeah, and we'll, with a neck high. <laughs> with, with it a never w- stopped growing! <laughs> <laughs> One last thing. Uh, a BBC Discovery Channel documentary crew that visited the, the Congo in 2001 offers a different theory. When they interviewed a number of jungle tribesmen about the Makale and Bembe, the locals identified it by pointing to a photograph of a rhinoceros. The crew supposed that because rhinoceroses are no longer common in the Congo Basin, it was possible that Macaulay and Bembe could be a mix of myth and folk memory from a time when rhinoceroses did live in the area. Yeah, that kind of makes sense, doesn't it? Yeah. All, of the, all those things that, you know, there used to be rhinos there and they're no longer there. Uh, there's giant fucking long neck turtles there and it's a spirit. It's just a, mm. you know, local legend. All of those things kind of cover so much of what we just talked about. Yeah. I feel absolutely. like this is such a long way around to hear about a rhinoceros. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's the subtitle for today's podcast is a long way to talk about a rhinoceros. <laughs> so uh, that's that's it, I guess. That's, that's all three of us. We all do not believe this story, correct? Well, no, no yeah, I believe in rhinoceroses. So. Well, yeah, yeah, I, I believe <laughs> yeah. in rhinoceroses as well. Yeah. But um, uh, I believe rhinoceri. Uh, yeah, that's what I was just about. <laughs> to say. Um, yeah, look, I, I I wanted to do this one because I've always been really fascinated by Macaulay and Bembe. Ever since I watched, there's a movie called Big, which uh, is from the eighties. Tom Hanks. No, no, not. No, what is it called? It's you, not called you, Big. Yeah, no. No, it's it, called Baby. It's called Baby. It. Yes, yeah. sorry. Yes. And and Brady was correct. But yes, Big does start Tom Hanks. There's a movie called Baby. Ugh. That is, uh, yeah, made in the 80s. And it's about finding a dinosaur in African in the African jungle. And they find like the last baby sauropod or whatever. And I remember just loving that as a kid. And I really wanted to do one about this because some people just fully fucking believe that and have gone launched serious epic journeys into the jungle to find this thing, and I, I admire that level of commitment. Yeah, it remi- it's reminds just me of totally, that. Um, it's totally not a thing. Reminds me of that uh, that explorer of um, South America, um, Percy Fawcett, who like was searching for the lost city of Z, and on on his way he found uh, like did these reports of like you know gigantic anacondas like. You know, living in the Amazon, and so this is like this whole Indiana Jones world of yeah, discovery. This, you know that we just don't have anymore. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so that was another episode of Can You Believe It? Thanks for listening. If you've made it this far, well done. I think we're up to about an hour and a half there, so that's uh, pretty epic. But hey, you've probably learnt something. I know I have. Thanks very much for listening. Uh, you'll find all the sources for where I've got all this crazy information from. Uh, scattered somewhere around the internet. We'll post them somewhere. Everyone would be so pissed off right now. Rhinoceros. Yeah. And the answer to the question tonight was rhinoceros. Thanks for listening. Bye.